Welcome to Ah oh Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Kate Thompson. And me, Mark David Christensen. Yeah! yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're, and we're, we're here for the final, the final conclusion of the Black Flame. Uh, and a quick clarification to our listeners once again that this is tackling Black Flame um, issue six, but then also retitled issue five for the Omnibus. Yes. I clarified this in the first um, episode of The Black Flame. We will also will not be covering the epilogue that's in the omnibus. We'll be tacking that on in part of our, when we get to the War of Frogs. Yeah. Uh, just so you know. But we're very excited oh, for, yeah. to get to the end of The Black Flame. It's uh, great. It's a great uh, conclusion, but we'll definitely get into that on shortly. But first, we got some segments to get out of the way. Here's one we love. Oh, boy, email. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you did that with me. That was great. Yeah. Um, this come this email <laughs> harmonizing, <laughs> harmonizing <laughs> out of the side of your I mouth. Was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this comes from Joshua Brook. Um, it's titled "Email Replies, Corrections, and Questions." So great. He's previously emailed us. He says, "Hey, Mark and Kate, I had to reply as I had a few corrections and more questions to throw at you guys." Great. Cool. Firstly, thanks for reading my email on the show. You turned a gloomy English workday into a great one hearing your answers. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for your questions and thanks for listening. I especially liked how Mark pointed out Hellboy's British slash, British slash U.S. style of negotiation slash fighting and how he always seems to do what his dad would have done by trying to talk first. But of course, that never seems to work out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it never does, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, also saying that you wish you could interview me on the show? 100% yes, <laughs> but I'm not sure how the logistics would work as, as I'm here over the over the pond. But feel free to ever send any questions you have, have, be it about my opinions or even British geography, myths, monsters that show up in Hellboy stories set here in the UK. Sweet. Great. We love that we have another. It's like we have specialists. A, yeah, I love it. It's great. <laughs> this is our over the, the pond research. professor. <laughs> it's cool. It is very cool. Yeah. And don't wait for us to ask. You could chime in anytime you want. Yeah, feel free to correct us. We'll, we'll just fuck up. <laughs> we won't even know that we're asking by fucking up. Yeah. Would we fuck up? We'll just it just means... Up. We're asking a question. We're just boldly uh, <laughs> fucking up left and right. Oh, that, that's my routine, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> boldly fuck up. Uh, he continues, should you ever visit the UK, I would highly suggest the city of York in northern England. It's a city that dates back to 7,000 to 8,000 BC and has had everything from the Romans to the Vikings to the Black Plague. It is the perfect city for a Hellboy style story, and I can't believe one hasn't been set there yet. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures. It's like. Does it look creepy? It looks, no, it looks it look beautiful. Oh, it looks gorgeous. Yeah. Wow. It looks awesome. Yeah, it looks great. I do want to go there. We might. <laughs> it looks like a. It looks like if I just thought of an English town and closed my eyes, like this came before I even saw a picture of it. You know. Yeah, totally. It's very pretty. And he has uh, his next section in his email says corrections. Mark, you referenced me as Brooke, my last name, a few times during the podcast, but don't sweat it. It is as it reminded me of how Hellboy talks to BPRD agents by mostly last names, so it's all cool. Sweet. Oof. Thank goodness. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. <laughs> Side note, how do you guys feel about agents as a fan name? 
I admit I'm not 100% on crappers, as it is commonly used to mean toilets here in the UK. Hey, here too, dude. <laughs> we just have to, we just it's lean just into what a, the listeners yeah, gave yeah. us. We just didn't want to say no to a present. We're too polite. Yeah, exactly. Like, thanks. Uh, you can call us thanks. agents. Like, or what are, like. Yeah, like BPRD agents. Yeah, BPRD agents. That's are we Hellboy sweet. agents? Yeah. Hellcasters. Hellcasters, crappers, agents. <laughs> you you start it, maybe sounds. we'll catch on. Yeah. Hello, agents. <laughs> yeah, people just address us however they want, basically. Yeah, they, they have. Yeah. <laughs> so we can't stop you. You can call yeah. us agents. Also, Hellboy was granted honorary human status by the United Nations in 1952, not U.S. citizenship, as I think you meant. Yeah, he is correct. I misspoke um, back when we were talking about um, what we thought his nationality was and his accent and so forth. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I, I did misspeak. Um, in regards to, there's never like ever in the comic, I don't think they talk about his citizenship, but yes, it, they gave him honorary human status yeah. in the United Nations. Uh, this may have been said in other issues, but I've missed, so you could also be correct. No, you are correct. Uh, I just misspoke. He definitely got honorary human status, not citizenship. So right now it's still debatable of like what he actually, but I assume he has multiple passports at this point. If yeah. he's, he's traversing the world. So his next section is questions. Ooh, we love them. <laughs> is Hellboy's world more supernaturally populated than our own? To clarify my question, Hellboy always seems to go to an area of suspected activity, much like our world's version of a TV ghost hunting crew. Or like, uh, I would say X-Files, I think you've referenced yeah. before, um, Kate. and then But unlike the TV crew, Hellboy always seems to encounter heavy activity of a supernatural, sometimes Nazi, sometimes both, nature, as do the agents of the BPRD. This led me to think that their world is a more supernaturally populated parallel of our world. It almost seems in a lot of stories that older countries, England, China, Mexico, as example, the population seem to almost be relaxed about the supernatural as if it's a common occurrence that generations have been used to. Yeah. Of course, a comic issue, a comic issue of Hellboy just doing his best, Zach Bangus impression, Zach Bangus. B-A-G-A-N-S. Look that up, Kate. You're, you're on it. <laughs> <laughs> Impression of jumping to every slight bang and not fighting a giant monster wouldn't wouldn't be fun to read us, so maybe we're just not shown the hoax missions due to there being no story. Good question. Who's Zach? Have you found this man yet? Uh, the impression of oh, Zach? he's a paranormal investigator. Okay, cool. Got it. I didn't know who he was. But yeah, they like freak out, and they're like, oh yeah. gosh, oh, no, what was that? He's on like a Ghost Adventures and Deadly Possession. I'm looking at this. He's guy. got a big resume. Paranormal is what you're saying. Challenge. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a ghost guy. Big ghost guy. Yeah. Great. My answer to that is, I think you're right. I think Hellboy has is a parallel universe to ours, the Mignola verse. We can call it to make to clarify. And I think it is more soup things of the supernatural are far more um, accepted. I yeah. think given taken that like we've met priests in the storylines that are sort of not like flummoxed. They're just expecting something. Yeah. They expect weird shit to happen or they're okay standing next to Hellboy as we've seen in photos. Right. Um, in addition to that, like the World War Two, that like the occult aspects are turned up to 10 in this in the world. So it's like, oh, even from the, in our 
world, our technical war to end all wars, people were using supernatural things in attempts to win it. It wasn't yeah. like a, this is a, this. It, it's played more of like like a uncertainty or like a like a a theory as like a fact. Yeah. And I think in addition, it's to, like founded in that and then taken as though it's like oh, and they were right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And in addition to that, I was going to say, I think the people, the fact that. People have never like batted their eye at Hellboy because there's supernatural things around that they've seen outside of Hellboy. And the fact that there is actually a BPRD that exists, a Bureau of Paranormal uh, Research and Defense. It's like that that automatically to me goes, oh, this world accepts the supernatural. Yeah, yeah. Because they don't hide it. It's not like the the Del Toro movie where it's sort of like a secret faction or branch of the government. In the comic books, it's just yeah. They go like talk to police and stuff. And yeah, like, hey, in this story on? that we're covering, they're like the they're <laughs> FBI basically. Yeah, they're just another. It's yeah. like if they they would have to you'd easily have them have like a classic thing from like a procedural where like the CIA or the FBI hate having to deal with the BPRD yeah. or they hate or vice versa. <laughs> yeah. This is my jurisdiction. <laughs> well, no, like actually there's something. ghosts involved now, so it's ours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so was that, what is that your think, thinking too, Kate? Or what yeah, do you think? Totally. Yeah. yeah. Same. Same. Great. Same. Yeah, I Same agree. Thing. Like, I don't think the world would function. That's, and again, we've already covered the movie, but that's my one, like a big thing I have to get over in those Del Toro ones is like, I don't want it to be a secret society. I don't want it to be a men in black. I like yeah. that it's just a in the pair in that you were universe. It's like still unusual, but it's like it's common. It's like, but it's a thing. It's like a known thing. Yeah, it's to me. Uh, I'm going to equate it to like home invasion. This is going to maybe this makes sense. We we like in our world currently we accept that there like home invasions happen. Yeah, but we're not like when they occur. We don't like we don't still not get terrified by yeah, you're them. not like flippant about it we're yeah we're not flippant like i think the characters we have experienced that he's interacted with are like they accept that this is part of their world but they still like react to it like i don't want it here right i don't want yeah, it in I'm, my house fucking me up <laughs> <laughs> i knew there were burglars around here <laughs> yeah but i what i don't want them in my house yeah don't not to why to me <laughs> so great i think that's a great question there you go um he has another question what if any impact does Hellboy's presence have on a world religion within his universe? This is a big question. He says, We know that many religions and their own myths exist within Hellboy's universe. Catholicism as an example. So how would an actual demon living on Earth not convince everyone that a hell, and by extension, a heaven exists? We know that Hellboy's existence is common knowledge in the comics, and he is a major public figure, but wouldn't his existence cause more of a stir to worldwide as religious groups tried to use his existence as proof of their respective hells slash heavens? Mm. Any thoughts initially off of of that, Kate? Yeah, I mean, I think... Yeah, I, I think if there was any, any like, substantial proof of, like, a paranormal entity, then... Yeah, people would always try. They'll try to. They'll try to take religious figures who may or may not have existed and you know morph it into something to make like it. Like if something was like real and tangible, yeah, I think people would be using that as like just as a means to like control people, basically, <laughs> yeah. or like or like 
further their own whatever agenda is of like either like this is proof of everything I've believed or whatever. Yeah, totally. People do that shit with with stuff that's intangible, you know? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're completely right on that. My people would probably try to assassinate this thing. Like people probably wouldn't love Hellboy. Oh yeah, I think you're totally right. I would say this is my complicated answer to this. Maybe is I think if Hellboy was in our world, yes, this would rise the question of like, oh, is there existence? Now we're gonna have debates about it. We're gonna look at it. A lot of shit's gonna hit the fan, right? Yeah. I do think that's a different story entirely. And that again, that's like a story is what if Hellboy existed in our world world? Then it'd be like, yeah, we're gonna deal with a lot of back a lot of like backlash in the sense of like if that's a demon, that means this means this, right. and this, 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 this. If hell's real, then heaven's real, and then Christianity is the way. But every kind of like folklore is not like every kind, but many kinds of Many like uh, different people's folklores are represented in Hellboy. Like I feel like there's, you know, it's it's not like there's any one thing that's right. They're like sort of all existing. Yeah, I would agree with that. Which is neat. What I would say in addition to that is that in the Mignola verse, I don't know. Have we met an atheist? I don't know. Nobody that has explicitly said. And why I why I ask that is because I think in the Mignola verse, it's given that there are things after life. I don't, I like, I just take it as everyone just without them saying it. I just think from what we've read, maybe people don't believe in like the dragon or like they like these old ancient things. Cause they've yeah. kind of gone away. Sort of like, oh, I don't know if I believe in that, but it feels like everyone sort of believes in a natural order of like higher thing, like such as heaven and hell. Right. Unless somebody has something that we haven't read yet, there were them, like we are directly seeing a character in the Mignola verse, like try to like who's from this other like plane of existence. Existence is like, hey, this doesn't exist. Yeah, it's like, well, I exist, <laughs> right? And I'm from there. I'm from a demon, so it, it does. Yeah. So to me, in the but mini- it seems more almost like a sci-fi kind of a thing because there's like the aliens exist here too, and yes. like uh, Agdra Jihad is like. Or um, like like the dragon is like in a different plane, right? Yeah, technically, yeah. Like, and bringing it to this plane, like it's like a different planes of existence, which is to me seems more like almost, almost like a sci-fi element. Like hell is its own plane of existence, and wherever whatever region of like floating out into space is another. That's a great way to look at it. So it's less of even like people going to hell. Maybe it's more just that's these exist. It's another plane of existence for yeah. demons exist no matter regardless. Where your soul goes like I guess they. I guess in school, like in Catholic school, they don't really talk about like where hell is. Yeah, you know, it's like it's sometimes you say like below, down there, yeah. like below inside the earth. Then is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's weird, and heaven's up there. Like yeah, through the clouds in the atmosphere, <laughs> like, and now like there's space. So is you it know, in space? it's like it's, it? but it, to think of it as a different dimension altogether, almost like makes more sense to me. Yeah, and you saying that makes this rule- not that I. I mean, I I I don't believe in hell or heaven, but if you yeah. know, if it was to be a thing, well, that's which what- also I I don't judge you if you do, like that's fine. Yeah, but I'm just trying know. to in in a way that it's like oh this I guess you know out you know, roundabout way sort of makes sense to me. Like 
yeah, to think of it as like planes of existence. Yeah, I think you're right to approach it that way. And I think that's the, it seems you saying it that way makes it make the most sense to my to me in the in the comic book context this is like the most stonery conversation yeah. we've ever had because like i have to like i can't like this question like is very intriguing because like i have to separate it because hellboy existing in our world is a whole other would open up a whole other doors but in the comic book sense i'm like oh i don't know if anybody questions anything yeah of supernatural or the scientific elements of it they're sort of givens we've yeah. never been presented with anybody other than because these are like questions that would halt the storytelling like it's just like the kind of thing where it's like yeah this is what the world is and these are stories that are happening within this world where all of these things are accepted as true so it's like it like mignola doesn't even give us concrete answers about like the things that exist in a comic. Like if he just sat there, like he's not one who's going to like explain all of this. Like it doesn't seem like something he would want to spend. It'd be so dry. Yeah. Do we really want that over explanation? It would be like a textbook. Ugh. do we want, I don't want that. (laughs) Like the end of it. They go to a different dimension. They go to like outer space. Yeah. Well, in the book. In the, You're talking in the about book, the book. In the book. Right? In the book. Yeah. In the movie, I can't tell you what happens. <laughs> We'd be that spoiling. would be a spoiling. Uh, um, we've already be, gotten in trouble for that. It'll be a few weeks. Yeah. We'll for talk, what? For spoiling. For which one? Remember like back in the day, Alex and me got like a fake. We were like fake razzing each other over me talking about Endgame. Oh, it was fake. It was oh. more like just friendly banter back. Got and it. Got playing. it. I was like, um, what do we do? <laughs> but I, I think it is an intriguing question. But I think like I don't really like present that question in the the Hellboy Mignola verse because I think it just it it derails or at least like the 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 the, the drive of these stories and their focus. Yeah. But if you do. The idea of Hellboy in our world, I'm like, well, that's going to present a lot of, a lot of shit's going to flip up. And I've already said that now twice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have, I don't know if I have a better answer than that. More than just like, it's interesting. It's interesting, but I'm like, when he, yeah, I don't know. Is there, I mean, maybe there's stories that haven't been written that deal with that when he became, when he came into. It may, it puts into it into child. like the realm of like preacher for me or something. Like, have That's you ever ex- read I that? was thinking the same yeah. thing, weirdly enough. Where it's like, it examines like that. the political and like world, like the world implications of like certain things, like these kind of shits being real. Yeah. And it I don't deals think with that more directly like that. I agree a hundred percent. And I don't think Hellboy had any, int- well, I, uh, without, with guessing, I would guess that was never Mignola's. He never sought out to do that. Yeah. He's just like, no, I want to just, what if a hero is, what if there was a hero that was a demon? And then it was like, if that's true, then the world just believes in all this other stuff. Yeah. And it still seems a little underground, like in that way. Like the priests who believe in this stuff and like show Hellboy around are sort of like, they accept it in like their small communities, but they're not like reporting to the Vatican to be like, this rocks our whole like right like they 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 just like settle it in their minds where it's like both of this exist both this exists and like christianity exists yeah i don't know it's like a complex it's a very complex question it's very interesting yeah (laughs) and i feel unqualified to answer it properly i feel not stoned (laughs) enough to answer it (laughs) well let's light up and get back on mic (laughs) 
But again, another question that he, that, uh, that Joshua Brooks has posed to us that has really got our brains like pounding her out. Yeah, it smells <laughs> like burning in here. I can feel my brain fizzling. My brain, our brains are malfunctioning. <laughs> um, it's a great question. I hope that our listeners in, can chime in as well as themselves um, to tell us what you think or if there's any clues to that that we haven't spotted that are in the comic books. Yeah. That maybe hint at what the bigger, the greater world thinks of that. But it does complicate things if it's presented in our actual world. That's all I would say. Yeah. Great. And then his email continues. He says, even the filming of of Hellboy 2019 inside a cathedral caused a stir over here in the UK as people unfamiliar with the name Hellboy didn't know he was the good guy. <laughs> so he sent us an oh, article yeah. about this that's really funny. That's from a website called digitalspy.com. And it just says, church officials have defended the decision to allow the Hellboy reboot to shoot in Wells Cathedral. Hellboy is a hero who overcomes his scary appearance in his hellish origins to save the world on multiple occasions. That's so cute of yeah. that church to do. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but of course there were people who overlooked this order in order to complain, quoting someone that said, for heaven's sake, are we losing sight of what this was built for? A local told the BBC. <laughs> mm. I have to say I'm surprised and shocked. And then it says, luckily, more rational heads prevailed. And after looking into the character, those in charge allowed filming despite anticipa- anticipating a major a measure, excuse me, of controversy. The officials rightly concluded that the, super- the superhero's true nature was that of a defender against the forces of darkness in an eternal battle of good against That's evil. That's so funny that they would examine it that deeply. I guess if you're, I mean, there he, and here it shows the cathedral picture of it that cool. they shot. I mean, I can understand. I mean, it's what he also, his question is sort of maybe is addressing as well is if it's like, what, yeah, what does it? It's like, this is holy ground. Why would we let you in? You know what I mean? I mean, I guess it, not even just that it's Hellboy, but like shooting any kind of a monstery kind of movie. I think any movie in holy ground is going to. Make yeah, people I uncomfortable. think people are going to be uncomfortable. I, I, with it. I don't even because, like, really, if you're like a devout Catholic or something, and you're like, "This is just disrespectful to my religion," like, I almost to a degree can. I, I'm almost like, okay, yeah, because it's literally like your place of worship that somebody wants to go yeah. shoot a movie in. So, I mean, I I'm not like mad at some like little old lady for being like that. That's where I like Jesus. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like you, you literally like built this place where you're allowed to go like Jesus there. And yeah, like people are going there to, I don't know. But like for me, I mean, I don't mind at all. Like for it sure. seems like, plus it probably made money for the church, like that individual church. I, I don't know. Yeah, I would hope that they, you know, gave him a big sum of money to film in there. But I mean, I that's think what that's the church is all about. <laughs> I mean, that's all of it. Is. At least they made money. <laughs> they made money, you know. Jesus loved that, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he loved money. Uh, yeah, when he tipped that ter- that table at the Seraphies or whatever they yeah, were, right. he, he was all he was really just he was trying like, to this say, is great. This is all about the Everybody money. Everybody can shoot your movie here. <laughs> yeah. They were shooting a music video yeah. for Mace yeah. with Jesus, and he was just throwing money oh, around. Oh, so good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is just very interesting that I think you, and I don't even think it's churches. I think there's places, there's national parks that people say you shouldn't be shooting on. Because, I mean, film crews, they come in, they put a lot. They can, yeah, they, they can, affect the They area. can affect the environment, and that, that from 
Yeah. Everywhere, anywhere you shoot, there's so much it's involved. It's just a lot of waste and a lot yeah. of, yeah. So just noise, sense. like, you know, just, they don't even like you to walk on certain areas and like <laughs> national parks. Like yeah. imagine like buses showing up with like lights and equipment and all that shit. Right. And this is what Joshua had to say about that. He says, I get that religion can be a sensitive subject and that the main focus is on Hellboy's character arc of not becoming the beast of the apocalypse rather than his place and impact in the world. So maybe it's just another example of not making a good story for comics. Wait, what's that? Let me repeat that. I get that religion can be a sensitive subject and that is the main focus is on Hellboy's character arc of not becoming the beast of the apocalypse rather than his place and impact in the world. So maybe it's just another example of not making a good story for comics. So it's just saying, hey, I think what he's, what he's getting at, and he can correct us, is that like what we've already touched on. Oh, the story is about Hellboy's character not becoming the Beast of the Poplex. It's yeah. not about his his greater impact on the world. So it's yeah, like if yeah. we get caught up in that, like you're saying, it might just, it just make, becomes it doesn't a muddy make a story. story. It complicates what you actually, your what Mignola's, drive and what his focus is for the books yeah and it's like what you're saying like preacher or something else will come along and go like yeah let me write a story about what if a demon showed up in our world mm. you know what i mean and then they'll deal with the ramifications of that yeah Whereas hellboy's like i think he's right and earlier in this comic book it feels as if this book is takes place in a parallel world yeah it has things it's like the it's the classic marvel thing where like those books take place on Earth 616 yeah. or whatever. And then there's so different have, worlds. Like, big buildings in New York and shit like that. Yeah. So yeah. Mignolaverse is now like, it probably takes place in just, it's the Mignolaverse. Yeah. It's different from Mars, but it has similarities. Yeah. <laughs> Enough to make Are it relatable. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> different to what we need to say. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> Uh, then he continues, although there are maybe obvious creative choices as to why these questions haven't yet been answered, I think it is just it just shows how rich and full of depth the world and the characters of the Mignola verse is. It does make you think about that, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, well, I think it is great to think about that stuff. Yeah. Um, because there are going to be... Because it's such a rich world, like, you do start to think, like, oh, how does this affect this and that and that? But that's really more for us to consider and less for Mignola to portray. Not that he's saying that it needs to. He's that's he, we're just just asking about it. Yeah, I hundred percent agree with you. Because we're going to see. It's a great see, question. It's a great question. It's a great thing to contemplate if you're a fan of these books and these stories. Because things like, for example, like the plague of frogs affects these small towns. Yeah, it affects them greatly. So, and it's not in the world of MIB where they like. Oh, after that town gets destroyed, do they wipe it out? Yeah, they get like they neuralized. Like, they don't like, oh, let's make up an excuse. It just seems like they're like, yep, we have to let the whole world it's fucking know this thing showed happened. up. Yeah. <laughs> like they try to suppress the frogs before before it gets to be like big news, but it's like, yeah, it's like once it appears, they're not denying it. Yeah. But that doesn't seem outrageous. I feel like that's the same thing that happens with like. It's for if, people's safety. You don't yeah. want people like going into barns and like stumbling upon shit like that, like yeah. abandoned places and finding like frog. And you uh, can equate that to like any natural disaster. Science. When a yeah. natural disaster occurs, people, the news doesn't, the government doesn't want to just completely go into panic mode. They want to try. I mean, they've done a bad job in the past, but overall, they want to sort of like assess it and then determine how to deal with it and then get people out. You know what I mean? You can't yeah. just immediately go into panic. Yeah. So I guess that's how I'm equating it to the plague of frogs. Yeah. Is like, okay, we have to try to like 
get this thing stopped before we have to alert the fucking public that it's yeah. a major threat. Although it does end up being like on the news and stuff. I know that's what, or Kate said something like that in the last episode. Oh yeah. They, 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 cause she called Abe like, and was it's like, fucking CNN. it's fucking in. We're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Like get out of there because it's a problem now that it's everywhere. Yeah. It means we're, we're in, in trouble. Yeah. Which is great. And those are small, I think those are small little hints to how the, the, the major world of the Mignolaverse is being affected by the stories that we're, we're partaking in. Yeah. Hellboy. And again, I think we touched on this maybe in the last episodes. BPRD does seem a bigger book where it's, it allows the world to be greaterly affected and we see the repercussions a bit. Yeah. Maybe not to full extent that Joshua was getting at, but in whereas Hellboy's is such a singular meditative journey on this one man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And his journey of who he is. And this is the full agency and you're seeing like, yeah. 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 It's crazy. That's cool. <laughs> he says, once again, thanks for creating your podcast, making it available to be an outlet for the questions that have bugged me for years. That's all. I mean, thank you so much for yeah. emailing us and asking us those questions. It's really cool. Yeah. We love thinking about it. We love speaking about them and our best to our abilities. Yeah. Uh, he says, can't yeah, wait. We're to- just, <laughs> sorry. We're so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. We're dumb. <laughs> It is interesting that like it's a cool. It, I I'm glad he asked it. I think it's like, yeah, it just makes you. It, it's it just really speaks to like what a rich world Mignola created that it even brings those questions up in your mind. Hundred really percent cool. agree. And thank you so much for asking them. Yeah, and he says, can't wait to hear your replies and the next episode. Yeah. All the best, Josh. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, thank you, Josh. That was a wonderful email. We really appreciate now I it. I want to go to York. <laughs> yeah, we want to go to York. I, is that your passport? I see on this table. Yeah, they're my passport. Hey, get away from that. <laughs> Let me see this infer- I'm going to read it online. You're going to read on it? On the internet. Don't read I'm it. I'm going to read your don't passport read it on, number. I, I don't know. Don't do that. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> That's a nice picture. It is. It's not bad. I need Sometimes to get it renewed. they're really terrible. I feel like I look like a football. Oh, that's a different one than I thought it was. Never mind. Ooh, I got to get this renewed next month. I got to get next mine year. Re- mine's, mine's already expired. Ooh, you got to get it on time. I know, it. I know. Beyond passports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Beyond that riveting discussion. Uh, that was all we have for <laughs> Oh Boy email this yeah. week. Uh, but his discussion about them shooting in Hellboy... Uh, for Hellboy 2019 in a cathedral leads us right into this next little segment I have. So this segment is called A Hell That Could Have Been. It's just like sort of touching on something that maybe that we would have been excited for, maybe not excited for, but something that's not going to come to fruition. Yeah. Sort of like if we had any news that was in full detail about Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy 3, this is what this segment would go or that subject would go into this segment. Mm -hmm. So this is actually about... Uh, a brief interview that Screen Rant did with um, the makeup artist Joel Harlow, and they were talking about if they were to go on and do a sequel to the 2019 Hellboy, and it's about what they would have done with Abe Sabian, who we briefly saw in the 2019. We saw his hand hit a, a tube, which they found in a foreign country, not this time in America, which is yeah, I was uh, like Russia, somewhere I in Russia, I forget too, but it was it made me or made me go what yeah (laughs) huh but again they were changing a lot of things that they wanted to but this is what makeup artist joel harlow had to say about if they got a sequel and what would become of abe sabian the unfortunate thing is that the movie did not do very well and if it had we would have explored abe sabian again 
there were actually a lot of creatures coming in potential sequels, but for this one, we get a glimpse at him at the very end with that teaser, with his hand, but if we had done the entire character, first of all, it would be vastly different from the other films. More thug-like. And we wouldn't have ha- even have had gone with that hand you see at the end of the film. We would have designed something from scratch. That's one of the ones that, because I have an affection for fish people and fish characters, would have been really fun to work on. But alas, no. So thug, cool for thug like. Yeah, let's. Let, I want to push that aside for a moment. Yeah, I want to say that's cool that he would be excited to work on a, a fish creature and design yeah. a, a maybe a new little design for Abe Sabian, um, for the movie. So you know. Kudos to him to being excited and happy about his work. And but what the fuck does thug like thug like mean? I truly don't know. <laughs> it's like Tupac. Like yeah, I keep thinking of like Abe Sabian being like a white rapper. <laughs> like it's he's eight mile like, with Abe Sabian because it's still it's so funny. It's like a different species, but it's still like he's a dork. Like he's <laughs> yeah. A, Maybe he could be just like a, you know, just like a, I, I don't know. I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know either, but it's just like, it's just like the language of calling him thug, like really alarms me. <laughs> Maybe he would be like one of those socially conscious rappers that are like, like the guys in dead press or like common <laughs> used to be like <laughs> most deaf or something. Like he's just like a contemplative, like a very, <laughs> just a super smart. It's, it's thug. a like, yeah. what do you guys mean by that here? Yeah. What do you mean? There's kind of a weird context. I think with that for, I don't know, for a bunch of like white movie makers to just yeah express, you know what I mean? I agree a hundred percent. That's what's alarming about it. It's right. like because I don't think they take it as like the way that like Tupac means it in like it's somebody who like struggles and has to like persevere through that. It's like, yeah, no, it would be like construed as like, I don't know the way like like he's like, is he going to be hard like this weird hard from like 90s, like above the rim Tupac? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. And why would a be that? What does that mean? Or Or do you mean it like? Like he's just almost tough? like a gangster kind of situation, like a yeah, like a rough kind of a dude. Yeah, like beefy as well. I mean, which, we'll never fucking find we'll never out because this movie but... is going to never happen. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm glad we can. Only, I'm glad we can only we can speculate. Only speculate as to whatever the fuck they meant by that. <laughs> but it does like what. I'm trying to like in my head like think of a beefy Abe I mean, Sabian. It doesn't have like, to like is be, he gonna be as swole? Abe Sabian doesn't have to be like Niles, but he could be like I don't know. Like it, it just seems I, I I just don't know if they would portray that in the best way. I feel like they didn't really do a great job with the characters they already had. Yeah, for sure. And this language doesn't help. So it. I don't know if they would respectfully do that in a way that's like, oh, he's just like a tough but smart guy. Right, I but it also is just sort of like, like thug to me means means too that like am I gonna ha- like Hellboy was already super fucking swole like looked like he worked out of the gym all yeah. the time and I was like what like he looked like ter- Terry Crews <laughs> yeah he's buff. and I'm like am I gonna get that was I like if they went for are we gonna get another buff monster like a big buff Abe Sabian, Abe Sabian? but also just in this idea of just two buff characters I'm just like okay. 
Yeah. What are we? What is this? What are we watching here? <laughs> what is this? Street predator? sharks. <laughs> Street sharks. <laughs> Those buff ass street sharks, sharks so sweet. I was I was googling street sharks, the puppets that they sold. Yeah, I remember because I was like, I wonder if I can get one for cheap. I always wanted one when I was a kid. <laughs> They're pretty expensive. I bet. <laughs> They're like sixty bucks. Oh, like, not oh, worth it. No, not worth it for. God, a they look cool you, though. For sure, I never had. I remember having friends that had those toys. Yeah, they. I was so jealous of them. <laughs> But that is it. That's all we had for that segment of a hell that could have been. Uh, we're just, it's just funny to kind of like speculate what they meant or what that Abe Sabian would be. Yeah. Um, but we'd love to hear from all of you out there, your thoughts on that possibility of an Abe Sabian, as well as any of your thoughts um, on anything, as well as the questions that uh, Joshua uh, Brooks posed. But um, definitely, is it Joshua Brook or Brook? Oh my God. Joshua Brook. Joshua Brooke. Joshua Brooke. Sorry, Joshua Brooke. <laughs> um, but we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at awcrapahellboypodcast at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from you. But we're going to right now take a quick break. Um, when we come back from our break, we're going to jump right into the Black Flames final chapter. Chapter five in the omnibus. Mm-hmm. Chapter six in its original release. But it is the final chapter of the Black Flame. <laughs> Hello, listeners. This is your Hellcasters, AK Crappers, um, coming into your ears during the break, real briefly, to let you know that we really appreciate you guys listening to the show and just want to say thank you so much. And if you have time and want to rate, review, and subscribe, where in uh, Apple Music or wherever you guys get your podcasts, go ahead and do that. We really appreciate it. Um, maybe show this to a friend who you want to convince to be as nerdy about Hellboy as all of us, um, that would be really great. Yeah, we appreciate that. And a reminder, if you are using Apple Podcasts to listen to the show and you give us a five-star review, starting with the word boom, we will go ahead and we will read your boom review right here on the show and give you a shout out and praise you because we really appreciate those boom reviews. Thank you again. And let's get back to the show. What do you say, Kate? Yeah. Welcome back to Ah oh, Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half demon hero Hosted by me, Mark David Christensen. And me, Kate Thompson. And we're jumping right into The Black Flames' yes. final chapter. The final chapter, of course, written and uh, written by Mike Mignola and John Arcutie, illustrated by Guy Davis, colored by Dave Stewart, lettered by Clem Robbins, edited by Scott Alley, um, published back in January 06. And yeah, there's, well, first we have the Mignola cover art, which is so cool. It oh, has so the, rad. The black flame engulfed in like tentacles, kind of like Kathahem bits. They almost look like it's like a, because Kathahem is such a different design. Yeah. I feel like this is almost a send back to Saduham a little bit. Yeah. It's like the tentacly kind of like. But I guess it's the top of him, the Kathuhem. Yeah. It could be, I mean, it, his like legs are kind of these weird sinewy writhing sort of like things too like i feel like it could be like some part of part of them that definitely. yeah it's just <laughs> he's just nasty but i love the design of it like the the light emanating from the suit and then coming out as this like red light that's 
being like it almost looks like smoke like it's this sort of like serpentine sort of like sneaking up of the tentacles but it yeah. also is reminiscent of smoke like it's a really cool cover I, I like it a lot I agree it's like the tentacles are the, the flame right yeah in. they're like engulfed in like part of each other it's really neat and then we have a close-up of Liz's eye and the um the object, object that <laughs> Roger found chapter five and like just a sick ass skull there to like really complete the composition. Yeah. What it's a really cool. Cool. Very cool cover. It's great. I love <laughs> it. Yeah. And then we see that item again. It's the in the opening panel. They're getting right into it. And Johan's kind of explaining like basically like Cothahem's going to find a geomantic epicenter with basically just like he's going to find a place with a lot of people and a city's going to be damaged. And Liz is just kind of like zoned into this thing that Roger found this object as they're sort of doing the like rundown. I like this back, back and forth, but real quickly between yeah. Ben and Johan. Where oh, Ben's yeah. like well, geomantic what? And he's like, it's going to be dire for a large Basically, city. <laughs> a lot of people. Yeah. It's going to mean doom for a huge city. And like they have the other BPRD agents surrounding them on this plane. And then you see the scale of the plane versus the scale of Cothahem, which is, you know, it just dwarfs the plane. Wow. Um, and yeah. And then ro- as they're flying and Johan's explaining, like also his breath changes people into not even frogs. Like there are these like really grotesque looking baby Cothahems where that have like these twisted gnarled limbs and fucking looks like their guts are spilling out yeah. and their heads are open with flame erupting from it. And we see like the soldiers very painfully turning into these things like crazy, you know, like wild germ warfare, like fucking terrible, like gases that are just mutating these people immediately. Um, And he's sort of like reading it as though it's like these ancient texts that are saying like with the predictions of what Cothahem will do. But it's like it'll change them, but in a bad way, basically. Yeah. And I love that this is all a quote from our fun doctor. That is, is O'Donnell, Professor O'Donnell, right? Yeah. That's been freaking out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Because they're like, they're like, that's pretty coherent for uh, Professor O'Donnell. Yeah. He's oh, oh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty damn, damn lucid for that nutcase. <laughs> um, the plane lands. It's just so cool. Like the Cothahem doesn't even like bother to like swat the plane out of the air. It's like doing all this other destruction. The plane lands and the agents get out. Johan sees the black flame being held on his like on the like stocks or whatever they have basically him like strapped to the this i mean it's like a cross but not a cross it's definitely just pinned down yeah and um he's like there's a creature in there and yeah they're like screw that we're not going in there for something that might be a man like we're not going (laughs) to do that um liz is still just focused on this object they're kind of like talking about what their next step is going to be when the earth just cracks open and swallows Liz. And then these new Cothahem juniors start coming out of the, <laughs> of the earth. Oh, and um, they're bigger than I thought they were. Like, cause when they yeah. first were made, I was like, Oh, they're probably as big as men. But then like, now they're you the get next the level scope. of monster in this video game of the story. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they're not the frog creatures. They're, they're like, so, they're, you know, they have all the, these like, they're like a many eyed kind of a creature. They have these little weird, long back legs, insect oh. back legs. They're really just gross looking. Yeah, very much so. Their butts are really gross. 
Ugh. You know, it looks just yeah, like. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, they're nasty. They're like larval or something, but also have bones and are sharp. <laughs> like, they look yeah. bad. Ugh. Um, and then when Liz falls into the earth, she like kind of wakes up. She like comes to and is calling for everyone, but nobody hears her except for this guy who's been appearing in her dreams. He's like guiding her without guiding her. He's like, you, you shall see if only you look and like leads her to another sort of like, I guess a vision of a ritual that has happened before. Yeah. One of our listeners gave us, told us who the shaman is, but mm-hmm. I don't remember off the top of my head. And also like, I'm not going to go search for it because I like to find out as it evolves Yeah, they'll naturally. reveal it to us, I'm yeah. sure. When, um, but it's like two people kneeling down in front of this uh, shaman who has, he's got like what appears to be like a hand print on his forehead, which yeah. we saw in the previous issue, that like carving that had like yeah. the hand and the instrument that Liz found in Roger's room. Mm-hmm. So it seems like all related and meanwhile, the shit's like going wild up on the surface. People are, you know, trying to shoot these things. But like the flames from their heads are like engulfing people and they're like, smashing. Like there's just one rendering them to bone. Oh, that like, one that's just complete just guts getting yeah, smashed. The yeah, <laughs> it's pretty brutal. They're getting fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Abe is like, oh, we are. Uh, uh, um. Uh, uh, Damien's like, we got this. Go find Liz. Even though they're getting like severely thrashed by these. Like <laughs> yeah. it's pretty, they're mutually beating the shit out of each other. Abe tries to go in there, but at this point, Liz is like in full trance mode. She's like, this guy has become more corporeal. He's like a solid thing now. He's not just like a smoky vision. And she's saying they're kind of doing this like incantation or something together. He's holding one too. And as he's speaking, a flame appears above his head and grows. And then his eyes become completely like awash in this light. And then Liz's eyes do the same. And then they repeat the same thing. Tist und Nelly? 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 I don't know. Because uh, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if this is like based in a real language or not. But either way, I'll. I don't know. I don't know. Can you say a fake language wrong? I don't know. <laughs> I but guess so. It's it's cool. Like, I think this is really cool just to show, like, she's kind of tapping into this ancient thing, too. Yeah. Even though she's not, like, per- totally conscious of it, she's sort of this, like, vessel for this crazy power that is, seems to exist and is somewhere, you know, elsewhere yeah. in this world. Or some other world, I don't know. And as they're speaking, like both of the instruments that they're holding start to like glow. And then this almost like electrical version of her power emerges. This really blue, bright blue, like electric fire. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And then she leveled up. Yeah. She was leveling up here. This is definitely like a power up. And then Black Flame is just lashed onto this thing. (laughs) Is there no forgiveness, no mercy? Am I forsaken? Am I not? Uh, I am not the power. I am despair. Burn in silence, flame. <laughs> is that Liz? So funny. No, that's the. I think is that's that a the frog that told him to shut up earlier. That's so funny. Where he's like, 
you are a flame and that's all you are, dummy. <laughs> like, I only got confused like, by that. silence. <laughs> because both bubbles are very t- similar. So I was like, who's saying I that? I think it's, it's that same frog who was like giving him the business before. That's so funny. That has like the communicator yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff. <laughs> I love He's that. like, burn and silence, flame. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's great. Where the flame is like, oh no, I fucked up. <laughs> Go, I'm sorry. Quiet, you. Shut up, you. <laughs> but then as they're speaking, the this like crazy like crazy energy blast through them. Yeah, Liz right is fucking, through the ground. Liz is like levitating with this power, and she's like not even holding the instrument. She's like got her arms grasped around it, like Dragon Ball Z Kamehameha style, oh, yeah. like holding it. This like energy ball. The fire is not my enemy, and then she's like floating through, just like ripping these dudes up. Um, I love it Black Flame I am not the power I am not Like (laughs) Just being a full baby At this point And I love that He's like He is despair He's like Really fucked up Oh he's definitely done He's like I'm dumb I love all these The the twists go vertical In these these two pages Yeah it really gives you A good sense of the scale Of this thing This creature Like we've seen that It's big But it's just a cool shot Like it's a cool Like visual Of this like Point of view Of like We're almost like At frog level Yeah Looking up and then seeing Liz and then seeing how like the power, the like light is reflected off of Katha Hem's like underbelly. Yes. That's crazy. Great work there, Dave Stewart. Yeah, it's cool. And then, yeah, she continues like the fire is part of me. The fire is mine. And like blasts. That's just like almost like this like white hot crazy power fire blasting Katha Hem with Ooh. a huge boom. It's like we get a two page like, spread on that. Yeah. <laughs> it's really there's a lot of cool splashy like splashy kind of splash ish pages. It's not like a full two page. I just gotta say, Kathuhem's crotch in this shot is disgusting. It's really nasty. You like, get to really see all the little it's like I mean, I, I feel like I reference this all too often, but in the one the Godzilla movie, the Japanese one that came out most recently. I can't oh, believe uh, I can't remember Shin, it right now. Shin, Shin Godzilla. Godzilla. Yeah, it makes me think of that because, like, at the end, you see that it's a bunch of little, like, humans. Like, it's evolving, like, weird oh. human appendages. But they're all, like, molted together like this. Oh. Like, the legs of this thing. It's really Yeah, neat. wow. It's just super grotesque. It just looks like it looks like the frogs all joined together to, like, create this thing's legs. I agree. It's fucking nasty. Oof. Um, but, yeah, we see that the flame like engulfs it and sort of like maybe like enters this thing and then it just be it like turns to ash it starts to fall and smashes all over onto the frogs and just fucks it up it's he's like rendered into dust and then the wow the instrument falls and black flame i don't know if he intentionally does it or i don't think just, it's intentional he's just shuffling over to liz and he like kicks the thing into like this chasm and liz is kind of coming back to and black flame is so pathetic and he's like you're yeah. alive I, i'm alive how did you do that they did this to me i i can't get out of the suit help me like it's really sad mm-hmm. but also like he's you wanted this. You wanted you to be powerful yourself. too. Like you were seduced by this power. So mm-hmm. he's like not that sympathetic. He also, and he like apologizes. He's like, I'm sorry what happened to the gray man. She's like, you killed Roger. So when he's taken away by frog, she doesn't do anything. She just to, watches she's it like, happen. Yeah. She's like, well, I don't know if she's thinking this, but it's, he's sort of getting his. Yeah. For I like so. having brought this thing 
to earth. Yeah. It's like yeah. you're the reason. And you, I think it really it just comes down to that emotional response of just like, you're the one that killed my friend. Yeah. Then yeah, let like, it happen. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. He also, yeah, he's like responsible for the deaths of like a ton of people. Like the people that were in the town that caught the him just fucking rampaged and all of the soldiers and all of the BPRD agents and all that yeah. shit. And he was just like, you know, he wanted to be like a Rasputin-y kind of character. But he's a more like immediately repentant, like sad version. Yeah. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Getting like pulled into the earth. And then back at the, back in the BPRD uh, headquarters, back at headquarters, Kate's trying to make sense of everything. Abe's basically like she did this, she used her power, but she doesn't fully understand what happened either. And she got fucked up from it because she's been, she's being brought in back in on like a, a stretcher, a stretcher, like a it must have just depleted her completely. Like she must be, you know, it, it's like running a marathon or something, yeah. you know, but time's like 50. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Fuck. Um, and then Johan asked Kate to show him where Roger is. Some on some floor of the BPRD, they're trying to like do an autopsy. Basically, they're like cutting up Roger, but it, they're finding it difficult because he's really tough. And then Johan busts in and he's like, what are you, what the hell are you doing? Stop. And then he gets mad at Kate. He's like, I can't believe you let this happen. And then he's alone with Roger. Johan pulls up a chair and just sits with him and puts his hand on his shoulder. And this whole time, like Roger's like, Johan's been insisting that Roger is alive. He's like, why does everybody keep saying he's gone? He's here. But we haven't really seen like, he hasn't really expounded on that. Like told anybody what exactly he means by that or, or. If he thinks like Roger can be brought back to life, everybody else seems to be like he's blown to bits. Like he's yeah. pretty fucked up. He's gone and there's no like sign of him being alive. But so I don't know if this is either Johan accepting that Roger's gone or just putting his hand on him to like comfort his friend who he perceives to still be here. But I know since Johan can like sense spirits and like stuff like that, I assume that he's right. I assume there's like an element of Roger that still exists. Yeah, and it's a great, like, conclusion to the story. Yeah. Because they've done this pretty well in the last two as well, but this one very particularly is like, cool, the main thing that we are, the black flame has been resolved, right? Yeah. For the time being, for this story is, Kathu Hem was destroyed, turned to dust by Liz. Black flame, who was the the beacon of it, was mm -hmm. pulled into the into the earth. Doesn't mean he can't return. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, to him. they might still try to use him to bring yeah. another, you know. We don't know. He just yeah. got pulled away, as well as the item that destroyed Kethuim fell into the earth yeah. by clumsy ass black flame. Yeah. I think it was clumsy. Shuffling his little feet. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was intentional. I think he was like shuffling over to her and just Dring. bumped into it. Yeah. Yeah. I do, but it, like in a sense, that story, this moment has been resolved, right? Our big bad has been destroyed and so forth. There's a little bit of a sense of like, we can take a breather before we go out and kill more frogs. Yeah. Because there's still frogs in the world that didn't destroy all the frogs with right. it. But then you have this big question about Roger that we're just left with. Yeah, it ends on saying, a very personal struggle for like, you really feel for both of these characters at the end. It's like, I think that's the strength of all of these comics. It's like, even if this bit, you know, there are like casualties of this shit and like Arcudi and Mignola still end it on a very small personal moment, which mm -hmm. is like devastating for 
for Johan, whether his friend is like suffering trapped in some like middle ground where he doesn't have a body or whether he's dead and accepting it. Like that's a really, that's a really like it like is just the, you know, like the, it's like plaguing Johan, but it's, it's not like this huge earth shattering moment for the entire world. Like Kothahem, that's They've kind of checked that box, but it's like ends on. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's, thing. it's really good. It's a f- super effective. Very effective. Leaves you as the reader who's like grown to, to love that character to be like, who is there hope? It's, it's hope or it's empty hope, but it's like there's something there. Yeah. And I like that it doesn't ex- give you enough to be like, well, we're guaranteed him to come back. We're just left with like, again, that flicker of hope. Yeah. Pretty devastating stuff. Yeah. Ooh, they leave us on a bummer moment. Great comic. <laughs> Great comic. Any final thoughts, final favorite panels in chapter five? I mean, I do like the way that Kothahem sort of like collapses into dust. I think that looks pretty cool. I would say to add to that, I love that final shot of Liz in the panel after the black flame is pulled under. Yeah. Just her singular just sitting in in the dust. That's just, you know, from uh, Kethuham. Yeah. And all the destruction. Liz Liz goes through a lot. Even when (laughs) it's like she gets to have these cool moments where her powers are awesome, but it's like an out of body experience that she's like, that is, that just destroys her too. Like, it's not like she gets to be like joyful and use her powers. Like her powers are like tied up in all of this bad negative shit for her, like having killed her family and stuff like that. So it's like. It's been all destruction that she's been trying to suppress and she never really gets to like be, I don't know, to like joyfully use her powers, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. It's like, she I don't think she fully sees herself as that hero when she right, uses it. She doesn't feel like a hero. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's, put it. she's become more and more in control of it, but she isn't like. It's all, like like you said, like it's not her making a choice. Like I'm just gonna light this fucker up. Yeah. It's being lost and confused. She doesn't even know what she did to t- activate that thing. She right. has no clue of the ritual she took part in or the words she was saying. Yeah. She it has to leave. I mean, you. she might, but I don't think that's that's not from, like what from I what got. they've given us. I don't think that. Like she bears this power like a burden, and whereas like they have like Black Flame, I think as sort of a foil to be like I wanted like he coveted that power and doesn't have it, and he's just being used as a tool and hates it in this way just because he like wanted to wield this power and like Liz is Liz almost strikes me as like not even wanting to have this power to a degree. Yeah, she's, it's like a curse to her, and she is as powerful as like Black Flame would have wanted but doesn't want to do that. And it like totally saps her of every, you know? Yeah. And she doesn't even know what she did. She said, because these words, she's been led by this, this ethereal man in a sense to do things that she's out of control. So it's like, how did you do that? She can't even answer the question. She can just say, well, I said these words and that it happened. Yeah. So it it probably leaves her a little feeling a little out of control again versus just, being like, yeah, like I think at the end of Plague of Frogs, she lights up that church and she's like, I'm in control. Fuck these these frogs. Fuck these zombie skeletons yeah. and Zahudem. But now she's like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> so crazy. Just that feeling of being in, on, in, out of control has to be terrible. Yeah. Especially for her. I, I really dig how 
she and the shaman guy look on the one page like when their eyes are totally engulfed in flame. Yeah. That's... I thought that was like a cool, I think it just looks cool. I agree. They're, they're in a sense they're connected yeah. in that moment. And those yeah. two, I love those two panels as well. I really like too, like the color, the whitish blue when she fully takes in like the electrical power off the object. Yeah. Right before she sends all the glowing energy at the Kethu him. Yeah. And she's saying the fire is part of me. The fire is that. I love the coloring in there. That white out that's happening to her is yeah, very it's cool. cool. I mean, it's so, it's just glorious. They really drive it home really well. You know what I mean? They don't really waste any time in this final Mm -mm. chapter. They just really get to it and finalize it, but do so in a great way. Like all the, all that first stuff of all the soldiers turning into grotesque new Kathu Hem frog, frog poor guys is insane yeah <laughs> i think my 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 absolute favorite panel of the whole thing though is the first sight of sahud him in the in the plane going by it yeah that's really cool everything is i love uh, you pointed out it tells us scale but it also just the coloring and all of that is just yeah it's really sick <laughs> so unique it's cool and the gas coming out of its leg is just grotesque yeah oh, i love all that and I mean, they have a little bit of moments of levity and stuff throughout with Damio and Johan. I think that's great. Yeah. And even at the end of with Black Flame having a little bit of levity as he gets his, very cool. Any other final thoughts? I just want to, I like want to keep reading immediately and figure out what happens to Roger and all this shit. Yeah. Oh, well, I wanted to point out that I love that Guy Davis's update to like just the BPRD's look. And I mean, look specifically to their fashion. Like I yeah. love what Abe was started wearing, like his like his like low V neck like mm-hmm. <laughs> shirts and ple- plaid pant pleated pants. Everybody sort of started to get these new fun styles yeah. about them that were fun characters. Uh, even with Roger was sort of same, but he just took on a different air and his macho-ness. But like I love their uniforms in these. Like, yeah, the str- like they have those stripes that sort of look more militaristic and yeah. Like, Filled use, I love. Yeah, they're pretty. It's like a cool, yeah. It's like a military kind of style, sort of a thing. And they all have like when they go out to battle, you notice they have like gauntlets on. When the BPRD puts on these gauntlets, and I think that's a very interesting and fun because they would have like certain levels of like body armor and stuff like that. It's cool. Yeah, they do look great. Yeah, there's a lot of like just simple design stuff that I think that the guy Davis has added throughout the entire. Uh, Black Flame. Totally. That I love. I love it. It's great. Can't yeah. wait. I mean, it's God damn it. I just, it's like one of those things where I was like, let's get to the next story because I just want to keep reading. It was awesome. <laughs> I mean, this is one of those ones where you just finalize. You go, we love it. What else do we say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just great. Yeah, it is great. Any Anything you want to like from this, possibly this has inspired you to suggest the read, watch, or enjoy in addition to the, the complete Black Flame storyline? I don't know. Do you have anything? That I didn't inspires? have anything right off the top of my head. <laughs> I don't have anything specifically because this storyline does feel I could very recommend unique. Shin Godzilla for the 500th time. Shin Godzilla. Go watch that. <laughs> everything reminds me of it. Like, or like, I, you know what I really liked was that movie. Um, the director is just coming out with a new movie called Parasite, which I want to see, but he did the host. 
Oh, the host is awesome. That reminds me of the, this book. Reminds oh, me. Oh, that's that. the same guy who's making Parasite. I saw yeah. a trailer for that. It looks so cool. Yeah, that's the same I director. I love the host. Dude. Yeah, I do too. And I think if you haven't seen that Korean uh, monster movie, it used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it still is anymore. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But it's definitely no, worth your time it's on to find stars. it. Stars. Uh, it's still it's worth renting. And it's uh, yeah, it's like four bucks on Amazon. Yeah, we'll, we'll rent it there. Uh, it's Wait, just, I'm lying because I'm looking at a different um, thing. The well, host. <laughs> <laughs> Korean movie. Let me clarify. But I mean, it's a family movie, which is like it ain't on stars. It's a monster. It's mo- three bucks on Amazon. There you go. Get it on Amazon. But it's like similar to like BPRD has this I, this way of balancing out big monster elements plus a family dynamic between all the characters. Totally. That's what the host does. It's literally about a family and then a monster. Not to mention it's sort of an aquatic frog-like amphibian sort of a monster too. Yeah, it's like made up of other fish, right? It's really neat. I mean, it has, do you remember in the beginning, it has like this nuclear waste sort of element. Like people are like, where do we put this? Who gives a shit? (laughs) Like just get rid of this (laughs) nuclear waste. Toss it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And it makes like this thing essentially. It's, it's a really cool movie. The monster looks cool. Like, yeah, the, actor is really great apparently he's like a huge actor in korea oh that's awesome a friend was telling me but i i, I mean i don't know too much about him uh personally i love that but that i mean let's just go with that i think that's something that's for that's a great suggestion uh to the story the host is the shit i right. really want to see parasite yeah me too i really do but we want to hear from you um, about your thoughts on the Black Flame. Any suggestions you, that are inspired by the Black Flame for us? Any further questions like uh, Joshua Brooke has been offering up in the emails? Or your, your, we just love your thoughts in general. Yeah. Email us at awcrapahellboypodcast at gmail.com. As well as you can follow us on Instagram at awcrapahellboypodcast, Twitter at awcraphellboy. And before we get out of here... Kate, you need to give them this week's hashtag right hand of draw prompt. I'm wondering what to do because before we started recording, Beth was uh, my girlfriend was giving us a hard time just about how uh, very cool we sound on the podcast. She did an example uh, right hand of draw where it's like, what if a hellboy was in um the hospital? Like she really ribbed like, us Shut really up. well. Yeah, she. I mean, you know. Listen, we know how cool we sound in here. Yeah, we're, we're fucking, we're the best. I, I almost want to make that the thing. Like, what if right, Hellboy was in it. the hospital? Inspired by Beth. Inspired by Beth yeah. ribbing us hard. Hellboy in the Ripping hospital. Ripping us. Yep. What if Hellboy was in the uh, hospital? What if, what if Hellboy was in the hospital? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Go ahead and draw it. Go ahead and draw it. That is this week's hashtag right hand to draw prompt. Remember, if you um, participate in this week's or any previous week, these will forever be existing. Um, when you post that to Instagram, please tag us um, on Instagram at Podcast, as well as use the hashtag right hand of draw. That allows us in order to repost on our feed because what we intend for this is to only be a source that you get to, you know, yeah. make a drawing and then allow other people to see it and hopefully we can be a part of that and be like a beacon for other people to enjoy your art and follow you and praise you and then you'll become a really super rich artist yeah (laughs) we want you to be rich rich baby (laughs) that's it um (laughs) that's it for this um our final episode on the black flame miniseries i'm sorry we didn't get to that the original issue one again that's going to be part of our war of frogs um 
issues when we get to that, yeah. um, which will most likely take place in season four. Just a little teaser of what will happen in season four. Um, but thank you again for listening. We really do this for you. We love um, hearing from you. We love making this show for not only us, but for you. So thank you again for listening. And remember, we love you. Yeah. I'm going to sneeze, so I got to take a break. (laughs) (laughs) That was like a cowboy sneeze. (laughs) Yeah. You're a good sneezer. Hey guys, I'm Stevie Nelson. And I'm Dave Horowitz. And we're the hosts of I Burn Everything. It's a podcast about food and relationships, which, you know, if we're being honest, are two out of the three things people want to talk about anyway. What's the third thing? Netflix. Okay. We'd like you to rate, review, and subscribe if you like it. Anywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple, iPod. Stitcher. Do you still have iPods? <laughs> <laughs> if you have an iPod, do it on an iPod. I don't know. If you have a Zune, do it on your it's Zune. probably hard to even charge them now. Yeah, good luck. And if you have a Tamagotchi, you can't do any of this. Yeah, you can't stream audio on a Tamagotchi, but you you can feed them. Yeah, you still so keep feed feeding those it. little buggers. They're hungry. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Campfire.